Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you love great barbecue, and I do, there's only one place to go in town. Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Get it tonight. Get it tomorrow. Man, if you're still having a Christmas party in the next couple of days, you can cater from there as well. I've catered from there in the past. And man, everybody who came over absolutely loved it you're gonna love how well they smoke their meats and they smoke everything from meatloaf to chicken wings to corned beef you name it they smoke it sides fantastic great non-barbecue options and their desserts are fantastic you can find smoking dave's barbecue and brew two great locations in the denver metro area one is off of arapahoe road in centennial the other one is in north denver time now for the lead the lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. All right, Denver Post Broncos beat writer Ryan O'Halloran wrote an article that made me think of you, Mace, because it was so stat heavy, my head was spinning. <laughs> so this is what he said Broncos defense by the numbers this season. Um, and. After his evaluation, he said this is one of the top defenses in franchise history. What he wrote was, overall, the Broncos are allowing 17.4 points a game, tied for the second fewest in the league. Through 14 games, the Broncos' 243 points given up, 12th fewest in team history, fewest in team history, Mm -hmm. and the fourth fewest since the 91, 93, and 96 seasons through 14 games, and yes, we are including the 2015 Broncos defense. He also notes opposing offenses have scored 224 points, second fewest in the league, only uh, New England is better than that right now. Broncos have held opponents to one or no touchdowns in six of 14 games, have forced opponents into three and outs on 23% of the time, which is the second best in the league. The defense has allowed the fifth fewest 10-yard plays or more and have the league's third best red zone defense. We talk a lot about Vic Fangio. Should he be fired as the head coach? Looking at these numbers... Do you just find a new offensive coordinator? Um, no. And also, it, this is a very good defense, but I don't think it's better than 2015. No. The, no. Nah. We'll get to 2015 right. in this, a second. Yeah. This, we'll get to, Stop. One we'll, thing that is helping this defense, by the way, is they don't have to go on the field very much. They're only averaging 10 series a game. One of the things that is so, like for example, if you look at per possession numbers, this defense is good, but not great. Per possession, they're allowing uh, an adjusted average of one point seven four points per possession, which is very good, but that's not great. That's why 
the 2015 comparison. No, I'm asking yeah. about Fangio but, first. Well, no, because there are keep Fangio there because I, this defense is so good. At least because you know, there are forget about historically. There are other yeah. sh- there are other shortcomings as far as being a coach that I think are undermining this team. And I don't think this defense okay. is suddenly going to become incompetent if you change the head coach and bring in another defensive coordinator or a defensive minded head coach like a Dan Quinn because whoever runs that defense unless they are terrible they're still going to have Pat Sertan they're still going to have Justin Simmons I will l- and they're l- still going to have Draymond Jones up front we'll go to the Broncos defense of 2015 right now cuz I will sum it up by not even mentioning the word Broncos yeah what is considered to be the greatest defense of all time? 85 Bears. And statistically, they were better in 1986. And that's all you need to know. And they were two totally different defensive coordinators. In, two, in 1985, it was Buddy Ryan. In 1986, it was Vince Tobin. Because Buddy Ryan left the Broncos, I believe, to coach the Philadelphia or the Bears to coach the Philadelphia Eagles. The similarity between the Broncos defense... And the Bears defense of 85 was that field was loaded with playmakers, Mm -hmm. guys who forced turnovers, made impactful plays all the time. You don't see that enough with this current Broncos defense. They are not feared. But if we're being completely honest, that Broncos defense was very, very good. In the regular season. I don't think anyone is going to argue that they gave up 283 yards a game. But they gave up 18 and a half points. This Broncos defense is giving up fewer points. Mm-hmm. But when it mattered the most, which is the playoffs, that's when the Broncos defense for three games mm-hmm. took it to another level. And this Broncos defense likely will not make the playoffs. Yeah. And even if they did, I don't know if they could take it to another level just because... They don't have the playmakers to do it. Right. And and that's where you say, okay, Vic Fangio is doing a good job with what he has. Yeah. Especially in terms of the the edge rushers. Because right now, Bradley Chubb is not what you expected him to be. Still looking for his first sack this year. Stephen Weatherly, Malik Reed, Jonathan Cooper... They're solid rotational pieces at this point, but they're nothing more than that. So Fangio deserves credit for maximizing what he has. The other thing Fangio does really well is he schematically moves his pieces around to minimize the places where they're weakest. And that's one reason why usually his defenses are pretty good. I'll throw something else out at you. And it's probably not fair because you can only play the teams that are on your schedule. Mm -hmm. They gave up 13 points to Daniel Jones. They gave up 13 points to rookie Trevor Lawrence. They gave up no points. Actually, seven to Trevor Lawrence because they had touchdown on kickoff return. They gave up no points to rookie Zach Wilson. They gave up 10 points to Tyler Heineke. They gave up 17 points to Case Keenum. That's those numbers right there. Tell you, hmm, maybe that's why those numbers are adjusted a little bit. Now, granted, uh, Joe Burrow's a pretty good player. Right, they have a pretty good offense. Fifteen points there. Kudos to them. Um, They beat. They gave up ten points to the Lions. That was they were ravaged by COVID and by injuries. But then again, a lot of teams are banged up. But I'm with you on that. But what if I? But the Broncos are playing a last place schedule too. The Broncos of 2015 were not. And there's a ranking that actually takes into account the quality of the offenses, quality opponents. 
and that's uh, the DVOA ranking at Football Outsiders. Mm-hmm. You know where D where DVOA ranks the Broncos' defense? I know what HO is. Yeah, I know what a uh, HOV lane is. Defense value over average. Yeah, twenty first. There you go. Whereas the twenty fifteen unit, unsurprisingly, was first. Right, and that's why. On the surface, you look at those numbers and you're like, wow, this is really good, really good. And I think also the Broncos, they're maximizing what they are, but this is a very good defense that isn't close to the great defenses that we've seen. I I would agree with that. Do these numbers tell you that O'Halloran spelled out that they are an offensive coordinator and a quarterback away from making a deep run into the playoffs? Because they have all the other pieces. Now they The problem prob- is Vic Fangio is still your head coach and still in charge of game No, I'm talking about next season. Let's say you fire Fangio. Oh. Okay? And you bring in Dan Quinn, but you bring in, but you have a really good quarterback. And let's say you get somebody, you know, get, get somebody bright off of the Shanahan-McVay tree. Whoever's, whoever's next, right? Right. Whoever's next up. Next in, man up. Yeah. And so you get the, you get the next piece of fruit off the Shanahan-McVay tree. And you work, and and let's say it's Russell Wilson or which Shanahan? Which Shanahan? Kyle. Well, where's Mike in all this? Well, Mike's retired basically now, isn't he? But isn't that still his tree? It's still his tree. But people are going to argue that his tree should get him into the hall. Okay, of fame. fine. Instead, I won't call it the Shanahan McVay tree. I'll call it the Mike Shanahan tree. Because well, which you... one? But which one is it, honestly? Honestly, which one is it? Because that's going to be a case made for Mike Shanahan yes. to go into the Hall of Fame because of his tree. And it but, tells but, you how badly Washington screws things up as a franchise because they literally had a coaching staff that included Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, and I believe Matt LaFleur as well. Well, go go look at the uh, go look at the Browns coaching staff yeah. when Bill Belichick was there. Oh, and know. that was an all star cast too. Yeah. Both of and at least they won a playoff game. Why Washington, that, that just tells you how badly wait, wait, Washington who, who, screws who up. Who are the other franchise. guys on that coaching staff that you mentioned with McVeigh and Kyle? Who are the other uh, guys? Matt LaFleur was there too. Okay, give me another top name. Well, that was, I gave you the top name Sean McVeigh, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan. Okay, t- so if you said the Shanahan, I'm asking you this for a reason. You said the Shanahan McVeigh tree. Maybe it, what you're saying is they're branches of the Mike Shanahan tree. They, they, are, they are part of the Mike Shanahan tree, but I'm asking for this reason. Who is more responsible for Matt LaFleur? Is it Kyle and Sean, or is it Mike? Well, if you also, Jay Gruden would have some responsibility for Matt LaFleur, too, because he worked under Jay Gruden, I believe, as well. Okay, so. give me another guy besides LaFleur. I gave you the three names that have become oh. head coaches. Oh, okay. Yeah, at this point. So who's more responsible for LaFleur? I don't know. Is it, to, is it Mike? You'd have to ask Matt Lafleur. What was what was? I I don't I don't know the answer to that question. Do you know what? Because I wasn't there. I know that they were on the staff, but I can't tell you one is more responsible than the other. I don't think it's fair for me to make that make that judgment. Was Lafleur part of the Washington organization? Yes. And let's see, Matt Lafleur. Uh, Wikipedia. This is great live radio. Uh, Let's see what his job was. Probably like a tight ends coach. Quarterback coach. Quarterback coach. So he probably worked closely with who? The offensive coordinator? Yes. Who was? was? Shannon. There you go. There's your answer. So you're saying it's Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I am. That is. And where did. But then LaFleur was also offensive coordinator for Sean McVay. There you go. So again, so he's he's literally worked directly under 
both Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. So who's more responsible, those two guys mm-hmm. or Mike Shanahan? Well, then you say it's a Mike Shanahan tree, which goes back to the point I was making when you asked me that. So it's probably the Mike Shanahan tree. Coming up after the break, big game for the Broncos on Sunday. Todd Davis has been in some big games. Super Bowl champ. He will join us next. We're going to ask him, how confident do you feel with Drew Locke? That's next. Well, you can tell everybody, yeah, you can tell everybody, go ahead and tell everybody, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend and my guy, Eric Cook, at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for well over five years. So whether it's commercial, auto, home, or life, I'm telling you, he is the absolute best. I love that he's quick to return calls and emails. He even does that on his day off. I mean, don't you hate working with somebody and they don't communicate? Well, I do. And Eric is fantastic at it. His staff at Cook Insurance has over 70 years of experience. They know the right questions to ask to get you the right policy. And at the Cook Insurance Agency, it is about people. It is not about policies. Give them a call today, 303-790-8089. 303-790-8089. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in my friend Todd Davis. Todd, of course, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos, and uh, he occasionally spots for me when I'm benching 300 at the gym. How are you, Todd? Good, how are you? And it is, it's is—it's usually about 300, right? Yeah, somewhere around there. Boy, you started <laughs> off an interview lying already, didn't you? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. When you were with the Broncos, it was Drew Locke's rookie season. And Buzz Lightyear, it looked like this guy was getting ready to take off. Last year did not go as planned. This year has not gone as planned, specifically as a backup coming into three games. From your perspective as a defensive player, has Drew Locke as a quarterback since his rookie season, has he progressed as a quarterback? Has he stayed the same? Or has he regressed a little bit? I think he's progressed. I think he's had to um, go through some tough challenges. Um, you know, new new coaching staff as far as offensive coordinator, COVID, um, he's had to deal with a couple things that, you know, most rookie quarterbacks or guys trying to get their footing in the league haven't had to deal with. Um, I think he's progressed. Um, I feel like when he's been in the game, he's had, had he has had turnovers that kind of have hurt the team, um, but I feel like he's made some, some good throws at times. Um, at times he's been off with the receivers, and I think that's primarily because, you know, he doesn't get a lot of work with 
um, the one group when he's at practice because, you know, he is the backup that mostly have developed the chemistry with Bridgewater. So hopefully this week we're able to see um, him go out there and have a little bit more chemistry with the receivers with him being a known starter uh, with a couple of days to prepare. Todd, you know I need to follow up with you saying that he progressed. The statistics say otherwise. He was he was actually quite good his rookie season. But his numbers and his turnovers and his his decision-making, at least from an outsider's perspective, you played the game, I didn't. It looks like he has fallen off a cliff. Yeah, he hasn't had as much time. He hasn't had um, as many opportunities uh, this year as he has, uh, you know, earlier in his career. Um, I think it just, you know, I still feel like um, he can surprise people. He needs to get his turnovers um, under control in order to make, uh, you know, a push or a statement that he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, but I think that he can make better throws when he has more opportunity, and I hope he can do that on Sunday. Do you think that uh, kind of the mindset that he has that maybe because he's been a backup this year and his opportunities have been limited that sometimes when he's been out there this year he's kind of pressed trying to kind of make the most of that moment and try to impress people instead of just kind of relaxing and playing his game? Absolutely. Um, I know um, for him it feels like he's lost the starting job. He was once the starter there. Now he's a backup coming in. Every time he steps on that field, he feels like he has to prove, you know, 75,000 people in the stands wrong or that he, you know, has to prove himself over and over again. So I do feel like he is more pressed than he normally would be. Um, he feels like he has more weight on his shoulders, and I think he does need to take a deep breath and relax into the game and let it come to him. We're talking with Todd Davis, Super Bowl champ. This segment is brought to you by the Davis Fund. When you played, you played with a lot of emotion. You played with a lot of joy. And, and I, I watched you throughout your entire career here. When Locke came into the league, he was Buzz Lightyear. And you could see his enthusiasm. You could feel it in the press box. You can feel it watching on your couch. Does he look like he's enjoying football right now? Not as much. Um, but I feel like how many people would enjoy their job when you have, every time you walk into your job, people are telling you that you're not good at your job. Um, it's kind of tough to fight against adversity. And, of course, you know, he's a man. He's doing uh, the best he can to fight against adversity and, you know, prove himself. Um, but, you know, being in that situation and people telling you you're not good enough um, to be where you are, it's tough to fight against that and find joy, uh, you know, at your job every day. So hopefully, um, you know, he's getting back to himself. He has another opportunity this week. So hopefully he can have a little bit more enthusiasm and be out there rapping and having a good time with the guys and leading that team again. You you know as a uh, professional football player that you got to have a short memory. Something happens, you move on to the next play immediately. Is that right? You move on to the next play. Correct? Yep. Short memory. Tell me if this observation is wrong in the way I am portraying it. When I watched Drew Locke on the field, after every play, Todd, he looks up at that jumbotron to see what happened, good or bad. And that makes me think he's not moving on to the next play. What does yeah, that say um, to you? What does that say to you? <laughs> that 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 makes me um, think that he's worrying about what other people are seeing, um, what they're highlighting, um, what kind of light they're portraying him on that jumbotron, and how he's looking. And I don't think that that puts him in the best mindset to be successful. Um, I think that you know he should focus on what he's doing, keep his head down, and go to work. 
Um, but like I said, um, and like I've been saying, hopefully, um, you know, he's at his best this week and can really focus on his game and, you know, relax and breathe into the game. We're talking, obviously, a lot about Drew Lopp because that's the big story. But really, this team, offensively, the bread is buttered on the ground with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So when you see kind of what some other teams are doing with their game plans, like you look at, for example, the Colts on Saturday beating the Patriots and Carson Wentz only throwing 12 times, and the Patriots, the way they beat the Bills with only three passes by by Mac Jones, is it possible that maybe the best path for the Broncos to win is by going really with a run-heavy game plan that maybe runs the ball 75 or 80% of the time? Yeah, I think that would be the best scenario for the Broncos to um, have the best opportunity to get a win this Sunday. Uh, it feels crazy to talk like that with, Jerry Judy, a first-rounder, Cortland Sutton, a Pro Bowl wide receiver, and Tim Patrick, um, you know, right along with them, just as good. Um, it feels crazy not to throw those guys the ball. Um, but those two backs you have um, in the backfield are phenomenal, and the, the offensive line has been blocking the, the run uh, very well the whole entire season's, season. So I think you do, um, you know, put the game on the backs of uh, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I think you let them run the rock, run the clock down, um, you know, give Drew just a little bit of responsibility, but put it on the backs of your running back in the offensive line. Scary moment on the field on Sunday with Teddy Bridgewater lying motionless on the field, had to be taken off on a stretcher, went into an ambulance, and went into the hospital overnight. It is my understanding that he didn't come to until he was in the ambulance. I understand players want to play. They're playing for their jobs. It's a short span for a football player i get that but even if he passes concussion protocol does someone need to protect him from himself and say teddy we need to shut it down for the year you've had two concussions in a short amount of time and you were just hospitalized yes i believe so um i believe you know as football players we always want to be out there we always want to do what's best for ourselves and for the team we want to be out there fighting with our guys um, but I think at this point um, in the NFL, we've seen uh, too much the you know what happens to guys that have multiple head injuries, you know, 20 or 30 years after they're done playing, or even five to 10. Um, you know, with different things like CTE or just having um, panic attacks or different things that guys can go through because of uh, brain trauma while they played. Um, somebody needs to step in and you know maybe tell him that. You know, that's enough for, you know, this game, at least the Raiders game, um, because there's so much more than just this moment. He has a whole life to live um, outside of this, um, you know, last three weeks or however long their season goes. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you think he should be shut down for the rest of the year? I don't know about the rest of the year. Because only three um, games. I yeah, I definitely feel like he shouldn't play this next game. Well, he's not going um, to be. That, that's a given. Yeah. So if he clears concussion protocol... You think it's okay if Vic puts him on the field? That's a th- that's that's tough. I mean, because um, Vic said I he's going to. Vic said he's going I, to. I, I personally don't think so. Um, I think the Broncos' chance of making the playoffs are very very slim um, at this point. As it is, I don't see any reason to. If you see a future in Teddy, if you see a future in him coming back to the team next year, I think you look at the body of work that he's done um, up until this game. I don't think that. Um, he's going to go out and be a completely different quarterback the next two games, good or bad. 
So if you see a future in him, if you see him as, you know, your starting quarterback next year, I, I, I say, you know, shut it down for the rest of this year and we'll get prepared for next year. Todd, did you ever go through the concussion protocol as a player? Yeah, I did. I did. I was blessed not to have a concussion, so I was more frustrated that I couldn't get back on the field mm-hmm. uh, fast enough. But, yes, I did. So, like, from the player's perspective, what is that like kind of step-by-step step going through that? So it's a... So it's a lot of baseline tests that they have you do at the beginning of the year, um, whether it's memory, uh, finding patterns, remembering numbers. Um, you take a lot of tests at the beginning of the year when you're completely healthy. And then if you happen to go into the concussion protocol, they make you retest, retake all the tests you did at the beginning of the year. And they base your retake scores off your first scores, and that should that helps them determine whether you have a concussion or you aren't remembering things as well. Um, and so that's kind of how they determine whether you're ready to play, along with any symptoms of, you know, dizziness, can't sleep, headaches, all that kind of stuff. Um, once you don't feel any physical symptoms, they go to your test scores. And if your test scores are improving or getting close to, you know, how they looked in the beginning of the year, then they deem you ready to play. I think some people, many people would ask the question, what I'm about to ask you this way, what would, what would be worse? a serious knee injury, or a concussion? That's how a lot of people would ask that question. So I'm going to ask it differently. What would be worse, a knee injury or a brain injury? A brain injury. Right. But uh-huh. a lot, not a lot of people look at it that way, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> but a brain injury is, is 10 times worse. I mean, you only get one of these. You can replace knees and um, you know get those healthy, but a brain injury... Some of those things, um, you know, stick with you for life, and you can't really come back from certain brain injuries. Well, you are fortunate to not to have had a concussion, for especially at yes. the position that you played, where you were laying your helmet on so many guys. I think that is so great to hear. With that, tell us about the Davis Fund and all the great stuff you're doing in the community. Yeah, so the Davis Fund is an LLC. My wife and I started doing for-profit and non-for-profit um, in real estate investment and acquisitions. Um, and we do all around the Denver metro area. And uh, we're just doing what we can to give back to the community, um, hoping to help our veterans and our uh, families in transition here really soon. We have a house that will be ready, you know, about the second week of uh, January, hoping to get people in there and just help them have a home to live in and uh, feel comfortable. So how does that process work? And how did those people get chosen to live in that house? We we work with um, the city and uh, the local government. It's more so um, they are placing people more than we get to find people or, um, you know, people come find us. I would love to, you know, find families and, um, you know, speak with them directly, but it's more so uh, placement, um, people that are in transition or people that um, are go through different programs and the government uh, deems them ready for assistance or in need of assistance. Um, that's how we find them. What? Uh, how do people get a hold of you? Yes, the best way you know to find us, you can go to thetoddavis.com. You can find out more about me and about uh, not only this uh, LLC giving back to the community, but also my nonprofit, um, A Plus Living, where we give back to the community as well. Um, and you can also email us at davisinvestinginyahoo.com. Um, we love more help in the community and be able to reach more people. One more quick thing. What's better in the Davis household, Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner? 
Ooh, I would say Thanksgiving dinner. Um, Thanksgiving Ooh. dinner is, is it. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Because, And I feel like it's the first time of the year that you get to eat like that. You right, know? right. So then, then you get to do it a second again, second time. It's good, but, you know, you've already done it really right. big with Thanksgiving. How old are your kids? Five, two, and 12. Okay, so the 12-year-old hasn't spilled the beans. Has the 12-year-old? <laughs> And I'm not going to go any further because we probably have kids listening. No, I think the beans have been spilled with all my kids. <laughs> all of them? I well, well who spilled yeah. the beans? Who spilled the beans? I think I think my wife may have spilled. The you know beans. what? That that you she are. I think she did. You are such a husband. <laughs> blaming it on her because what do you want to bet? If I talk to Zena, she would say that was all Todd. Yeah, I mean, you can't talk to her, so I guess you just got to take what I. No, what that's I not true because I see her at the gym too. And next time I see her, I'm going to say you, you you pointed the finger at her, and we're going to see the reaction. We're going to watch a big fight at the gym, and I'm going to say I'm sorry I caused this, but the two of you have to figure this out. I'm going to have no clue what you're talking about. Uh, you know what? I we have this on tape, and I'm going to bring it with me. <laughs> what do you think All of right. that, <laughs> Todd? Merry <laughs> Christmas to you and your family. All right, thank you. Same to you. See you, pal. See ya. Todd Davis brought to you by the Davis Fund coming up after the break. That was really good stuff from Todd. He, yeah, he's uh, he's got some good insight. And by the way, I like the way he explained the concussion protocol yes. as well, like what the players go through in that. Okay, college football playoff. Semifinal games next Friday. Playoffs? What would you think about the idea of three teams – didn't play, and suddenly they just named a national champion. That could actually happen, and we'll explain why next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. Reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mays Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. All right, the College Football Playoff Management Committee announced that the semifinal games will not be made up if a team does not have enough players available due to COVID. So let's put this in a real scenario. So for the sake of argument, Alabama... They can't play. Cincinnati automatically plays for the national championship. If Alabama and Cincinnati don't have enough players to play, that means the championship game is going to be Georgia against Michigan. If Alabama, Cincinnati, and Georgia all have players who cannot play because of COVID, Michigan will be named the national champion. And oh, by the way, the championship is scheduled for Monday, January 10th, and it can only be pushed back as late as Friday, January 14th. This is the most vacocta thing I have ever heard in sports. Yeah, and it's realistic that stuff could happen because today 
it's obviously not a, a playoff bowl, but Texas A&M is down to 38 players, 20 of whom are offensive and defensive linemen, so not exactly a balanced roster because of COVID-positive tests, and Texas A&M pulled out of the Gator Bowl. And Miami, supposed to go to the Sun Bowl, was in COVID protocols. So this is not something that can be dismissed. This is something that could be a possibility, especially with Omicron just rampaging and apparently being more transmissible than other versions of the coronavirus. Your college football team is North Carolina. Is that correct? I also went to Mizzou and South Florida. We'll say Carolina. North Carolina is your team. Danny, who's your team? Colorado. Okay. Let's say Colorado is in the championship picture. Okay. Michigan, Georgia, and Alabama. All their players, they, they can't field a team because of COVID. And they print up Colorado national champions. They print up North Carolina national champions. Are you not only buying those hats and shirts, but are you wearing them proudly? I probably wouldn't be able to wear it proudly, uh, but I wouldn't, so turn, buy for I wouldn't turn it down if someone gave it to me as a gift. I wouldn't buy one. Would you wear it if somebody gave it I would it wear to it if someone gave it to me, but only in the privacy of my own home when there not, we go. A, not a lot of other people are around. I'd, I'd, Good for you. I'd buy it as a souvenir. I'm not sure I'd wear it. The question is, would, a, would I buy a bobblehead of the mascot that said national champions? The answer to that, I will say, is probably yes. I got to tell you something. <laughs> I got to tell you something. I feel bad. Listen, all of these all of these coaches. UCF should, named itself national champions, even though they weren't national champions, except on something called the Collie Matrix. These universities. And by the way, I have no idea if they're going to lose money either. Do you know if they will lose money? They Well, if the game doesn't happen, they don't get the payout. Because wow. that's one of the things in play with the Gator Bowl right wow. now. Wake Forest's athletic department is scrambling working with the Gator Bowl to try to find an opponent because the payout for the Gator Bowl, I mean, it's not a, it's not a, maybe Wake could play for the national title if yeah. one of these teams can't play. I mean, well, they just got drummed by Pitt in the ACC championship They're available. game. They're available. Maybe they just shift it all around and, you know, maybe they move Pitt up to the final four and they have Wake take, I don't know, but Wake is trying to find an opponent because if the game doesn't it. get played, I get it. That's five million dollars they're not getting. I get it. So now let's look at the national championship. Those teams are going to make more than that. I don't care yes. what it costs. If you are Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati, or Alabama, no matter how much money it costs, I don't care if it's at the Four Seasons and you book every other room and you have to book out the entire hotel. Yeah, you you put the you, team into a bubble. Yes, you. you Pay whatever it takes to make sure you might not even practice. The problem is that you means, might yeah. avoid practice. Yeah. You're going to have to test every day, presumably, right? Yeah. But you might seriously yeah. want to avoid practice mm -hmm. because it certainly, doesn't matter if you practice if you can't play. Certainly, you're not practicing indoors. Yeah. Well, yeah. You're practicing, you know, you, you go What's for the. What's you're going to do? What? Well, you get to a bowl. No, you get to a bowl site. Yeah. And usually they'll use like the, the facility of a college or they'll meet maybe, you know, maybe they'll do a walkthrough in the actual stadium. And maybe they say, oh, you can use Georgia Tech's indoor facility. No, 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 no. I would rather practice on a high school field outside than inside 
at a facility. Like actually, one thing that I'm I'm really kind of curious about, I you know, you're going the Broncos are playing Sunday in an indoor venue. Now the Raiders say you have to prove proof of vaccination and mask up when you go to the stands, but that's not enforced. Yeah. So I mean, I'm just saying I'm it's not the I'm gonna be sitting there with my N ninety five on the entire game. I'm gonna be a little worried. How you need all that good press box food. Ah, that's I good. Yeah, and, that, and by the way, the Raiders, now that they've moved out of Oakland and yeah. the sack lunches o- at halftime. Yeah, the Raiders have one of the best buffets yeah. in football. Yeah, yeah. Look out. I yeah. better skip Christmas dinner. And Mark Davis looks like he's sampled all of it. Hey, What do we have hey. coming up on the final word? Vegas does know buffets, so that doesn't they surprise do. me one yes, bit. Yes, they do. They do. Coming up on Just In Case You Missed It, the NFL season winding down. That means mock drafts are coming out every which way. And uh, also, the Nets made an interesting decision as COVID is hitting them particularly hard, as it is several NBA teams. What does that mean for the Brooklyn season and the rest of the NBA? That's next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Maybe this is something that just kind of gets under my skin. I understand when people sit on the toilet, they want to be on their phone, but don't listen to YouTube so the entire bathroom can hear what you're listening to. That's what I just experienced a couple of minutes ago. Well, what, they, what were they watching you to? I don't know. I was trying not to listen. I was trying to get out of there as quick. By as the possible. way, good choice, Danny, on Jump by Van Halen, which was actually released, I believe, on this date 38 years ago. I believe it was Rex Chapman That's who why I played it, it out on Twitter. Danny knew that. Yeah. We give him information. He knows what he's doing. I, I know that. he knows what he's doing, but he I was just pointing that. out how impressed Danny, I was you know to honor really Van Halen, to ha- Van Halen's biggest pop hit. I didn't think you knew it either. Okay. Oh With my that, God. All right, all right. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch no Casino way. in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. I didn't actually know it, but sometimes the <laughs> just universe act just like comes you do. together. I did, I did, but Eric, Eric was, uh, you know, he was. Well, don't admit he it. Sniffed it out. He sniffed don't, it out. Don't admit uh, it. Just in case you missed it, uh, I was looking at some mock drafts for the NFL the other day because I, I hate to admit it, but I feel like the Broncos season might be over, and they probably won't be picking this high. But I noticed something, something about the top ten that was. Pretty consistent, top five even. A couple of guys that were showing up all over the mock drafts in the top five, top ten, and uh, sometimes even going one and two. A couple of edge rushers, Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon and Aiden Hutchinson, a Heisman Trophy finalist. They're going to go one, two. They'll probably go one, two, I would imagine. Who would you rather have, Thibodeau or Hutchinson? I mean, Thibodeau had the better buzz coming in. Hutchinson has been better this year than Thibodeau um, and has been better in higher leverage situations than Thibodeau. So I, I think I'm, I'm going Hutchinson number one and uh, 
The interesting thing, of course, is the Detroit Lions' recent success is uh, putting a damper on their chances of keeping Hutchinson right there in Michigan. That's right. So you would take Hutchinson as yeah. well? I'd take Thibodeau. Okay. Just to be different. Cool. Uh, Just in case you missed it, this happened a couple days ago, but we hadn't talked about it, and I was interested to hear your opinions on the situation, seeing as we talked about it early in the year when originally the Brooklyn Nets said they would not play with Kyrie Irving this year. He would not join the team if he continued to be unvaccinated, and he has chosen to continue with that status. They did, however, change their tune. The organization, they brought him back. They said he will be eligible to play for away games once he clears the protocols. He's currently in those health and safety protocols. But they brought him back, and uh, they'll they'll use him on the road if he's healthy. And do you guys think that this will make a difference for the Nets? Do you think that they should have stuck to their guns and held him out uh, as he decided to go against the rest of the team and the... uh, guidelines in New York. Well, I think they're looking at themselves right now where they stand. They're leading the East to 21 and 9 and uh, this is kind of what comes with the confidence of that. They're thinking, all right, if we can have him for even half the games on the road, then that increases our chances to be a champion for the first time. I think that's what this is all about. I'll, I'm going to take this in another direction. Uh, Danny, you and I talked about this before the show. I said, when I'm wrong, I'll just admit when I'm wrong. I want to apologize to the Phoenix Suns organization. Because, but why? Because I roasted them for a faux trip to the finals. Because you had injuries to Anthony Davis and Jamal Murray and Kawhi Leonard. They got the best record in basketball. Good for them. Yeah. They do. They've had they had a very big winning streak too, just a couple right. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But they they've been impressive this year. And I'm and I'm always willing to fall on the sword when I'm wrong. My radio partner clearly is not. Oh, I'll fall. I'll say I was wrong. I'll say I underestimated the Suns. Well, I, well, you, but the, well, there's now you're piggybacking me. Well, is that is that a bad thing? I'm just affirming you. I'm I'm I'm. I'm you're def- affirming me that I was wrong. I'm, Thank you. No, I'm affirming that you're. So you see their greatness now. That we were both wrong, and we've both been proven wrong. Okay? Good for them. It's still going to be about what they do in the springtime. There you go. Just in case you missed it, the Nuggets taking on the Thunder in Oklahoma City tonight. Do you like Denver's chances as uh, they take on OKC? I love their chances as long as Nicole Jokic is on the floor. There you go. And I couldn't agree more. That's going to do it for us. Alex and Danny, fantastic job today. Mace, you were unusually spectacular. On today's show. Unusually You were fantastic. So were you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know what tomorrow is? Festivus. All right. There you go. We'll Happy celebrate tomorrow. We got to get out of here at 56, and that's what we're doing right now. Much Such a pleasant stay. But now it's time for me.